Welcome to Rub the Wrong Way, a podcast for massage professionals. Each week, we undrape the taboo topics of massage therapy life, go deep on industry issues, and help you discover practice building tips and tricks from industry experts. Grab your laundry basket and join your host, Christy Melling, as we strip down, bear all, and help you get rubbed the right way. That I'd love to do with you today is what I've I've termed it a massage hero interview, and so from the small kind of interaction we had when we were at the James Wislowski, such a hard (laughs) name, such a hard name. I know. JW, JW, JW. At, at the old JW, <laughs> the JW workshop, at the JW workshop. Um, it sounds like you have a really successful clinic, and that you have a really successful business model. That I feel if if you were able to kind of tell people about it, they would be able to see that there's an opportunity for them to be able to either grow their business in a new way um, or feel have the confidence that, that there is, you know, there's more than just being, you know, bodies on tables, which mm. essentially is kind of what we get, what we get, you know, like yeah. we get bodies on tables. And so it's, it's about people being able to see that there are good stories out there. And I think, I'm not sure how, like obviously like from, from what you've spoken with me about this, you're not super active on Facebook. I know that, but um. I'm not sure if you've received the letter recently from Medibank Private. Oh, just yesterday. Yes. Y- yesterday. The ancillary provider. Uh, the one saying that pretty much if you're in a beauty salon, you're not going to be covered from, you know, now onwards. Like it's pretty much what they were getting into. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which makes people making like. It making it more difficult. Yeah. So which makes people like myself in a really precarious position because I work from a home studio and I'm a beauty therapist. So oh, you tick all well. the boxes for everything that Medibank hates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the the funny part is, I'm a qualified. I've qualified in in remedial massage many years before I did beauty. And beauty yeah. for me is just an additional income stream. So I I use beauty as it's tw- about twenty percent of my business, and I only use it so that I can have a bit of cash, like yeah. a twenty five dollar spray tan that takes me seven minutes. Yep good model yeah exactly and and it's and it's not it's just it's sustainable for me to do a spray tan over trying to do remedial massage all the time and so, that's a really interesting point though too because i mean before we started the recording we touched you, you touched on earlier about how um it's uh trying to do there's a ceiling to what mm. we can do and um as much as um, I would love to be able to say um, that's not true. Um, I feel like that that is um, there. Look, there are always going to be exceptions to that, and there's like there are with anything in any business, any any kind of lifestyle. But um, there there is a ceiling to how many people you can actually treat, and you're you are trading anyway in in what we do. You're trading time for money, yeah. um, and I think that's the that's the um, for the first few years, that doesn't matter because you're just trying to get as many bums on seats or bodies on tables as you can. But then, as you as time goes on, and I'm sure this is what you found as well, and probably why you know you've got the you figured out now with like the spray tan stuff, it's like over 25 bucks for seven minutes. Well, it's a no-brainer. Like, why the hell would you not? Exactly. So you start to look at ways of leveraging your time 
a lot differently and just leveraging your skills, your knowledge, like your podcast, I think are a fantastic idea of sharing that information because, mm. again, it's leveraging your time into something and using all those those skills and that 15 years of your experience, yeah. um, you know, from the hands-on, from the um, dealing with people, talking to other business owners, talking to other practitioners. Um, you know, that's all knowledge and skill that's built up over time. Um, and it, it takes this long to kind of get there to go, oh, man, like, bang here, here. I wish I knew this back, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> exactly. And I think I think that's part of the reason why, I mean, I know that's the reason why I wanted to start the podcast mm, was great. simply because there were, um, like, there's not enough people giving the skills to mm. the new therapists in particular, and 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 given all of the the current legislative changes and the Medibank privates and all of these things that are happening, we've yep. got therapists out there who don't really know, like they don't have anyone to turn to, they don't know what what they're doing, and they're turning to places like Facebook and and talking to other therapists, and and they're getting really miss like a lot of misinformation. Yeah, and a lot of it is very biased information as well. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't think it's very well understood or researched at all. It's, um, and look, I must admit, I do find. I mean, every year I've been going to the the AAMT conferences every year for like all since I signed up with that AMT. So I think I don't know nine years or something like that with them. Yeah. Um, but um, I've um, only been going I, for eleven. Sorry, they've only been going oh, really? for eleven years. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We amalgam. They amalgamated. Um, I say we because I still think I'm. Yeah. you are double AMT. I am double AMT. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, but they've been going, yeah, since um, 2001. Okay, or, cool. Yeah, no, no, long less than that. 2001. Yeah. So we had our 10th anniversary at Brisbane. Brisbane was the 10th right. anniversary. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. 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 So that would make, yeah. Okay. Cool. Because um, yeah. Because when I when I graduated, that like double AMT wasn't around. Like it was it was only ATMS that were promoted. Mm-hmm college so mm. was them first and then realized that i'm not a homeopath of any stretch of the imagination or a vegan <laughs> no i know should we say that i know so um I, yeah that was interesting bit of that but um your double amt so that i'd switch over to them um yeah so but what i find really interesting is that there's like when you mentioned before about you know where do people go um, and I think people like Trisha Hughes and Paula Nutting do a fantastic job. Um, you know, Gary Lefkowitz is fantastic as well. But Trisha, in terms of you know getting the information across, the, mm. the facts across to practitioners, who I just feel like there are many practitioners um, who are who are quite confused um, and yeah. quite threatened um, by what's happening with the health funds, um, but threatened for position and a place in the health profession in general. Yeah. I don't really feel like, um, I think as a profession, I think AMT are doing, and just, you know, I don't I don't get paid by the AMT. I've had, there's, no, there's no association other than just my own experience with them, but I do feel like they're um, um, trying to push our industry forward in terms of credibility and evidence-based research and practice and, you know, some great best practice standards. I think that's a really great thing that's happening. Um, it's just a very, very difficult slog right now. So I feel like there's, there are practitioners who, um, and let's face it, we're not, as a profession, we are not as educated as physiotherapists or no. um, certainly not doctors, that kind of thing. Like we've got uh, um, min- our, our qualification levels are much lower. So we typically um, aren't, no, aren't as educated. Um, so, and we haven't had to do things like, 
you know, research a lot. We haven't been involved in a lot of those things, haven't had opportunities often or known how to go about those things as well. So um, I think to take it into context with um, with all of that as well. Um, but I feel like it, um, as a profession, I feel like we're quite defensive. Um, does that... Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that... Um that is honest, honestly that is one of the, the the things that I find is that we want to protect our patch. Mm. Do you know it's that it's that real like I've fought really hard to get to where I am right now. Yeah. And and, and potentially if we had a more collaborative mindset where it's like oh how can I help you to help me yep. and and this is why and this is why I I approached you to come onto the podcast because I I've sort of felt like uh, your patch and my patch are a long way away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's no, yeah, yeah. so there's no reason why we can't collaborate and work together and talk and, and have a, a deeper understanding of how to, um, you know, how to, to kind of have a great kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So let's rewind just a little bit because we are recording right now. Oh, uh, cool. yeah. uh, so let's rewind a little bit and I'd like to welcome Holly Hicks onto the rubbed the wrong way podcast. Uh, and see, and that's exactly the reason why I do it because every, like, so we, we called it rubbed the wrong way simply because so many people get rubbed the wrong way by massage therapists and we need to teach them how to rub people the right way. So, um, so Holly, give us a little rundown about who you are, uh, where you're from and what your experience is in the massage industry, because this is a massage hero interview. So we want to, we want to find out more about you. Okay, well, um, first of all, I think the podcast is an awesome idea too, Christy. So um, I think it's really cool um, and I think it's um, a massive gap in what um, not only like students, I'm sure, would want to, massage students would want to hear, but also um, people that are maybe thinking about studying massage who want to kind of get a bit of an insight into the industry, what it's like. But also I think it's really good for um, practitioners themselves to share their experiences because we... I think we all, there's a lot of unspoken stuff that goes on and I think we all actually experience both from a, you know, whether you're an employee, whether you're a business owner, whether you're somewhere in between, working from home, a clinic, whatever, we all share the same stuff in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, but I think we put up some pretty brave faces, especially at conferences and everything's all perfect and fine and we're all awesome and yeah. smashing it and and I don't think any of us really are. <laughs> If we're very honest with ourselves, um, I think there Maybe, are many, many don't gaps. Look too closely at my figures. <laughs> Isn't that a very interesting comment? Yeah. Yes. So, um, so, so tell us, my, so tell so us about your background. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, so my background. So um, I got into um, sports medicine as a general field um, when I was about sixteen. Um, I for school I had to do a um, part of like. I think it was a PE subject, I had to do an extracurricular activity um, and I've always had an interest in sports medicine so I did a sports trainer's qualification. Oh wow. Um, and then one of the, um, did my level one and then one of the teachers at the school, because um, this is being in Port Lincoln in South Australia, mm-hmm. so country area, um, footy or you know Aussie rules is a big thing over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the teachers at the school had found out that I'd done um, a trainer's qualification and in any small community. If you've done training in anything, they want you to do some sort of volunteering with them and help them out. Yay. So I was instantly an expert um, at 16 years old as level one sports trainers called. 
Um, so yeah, invited me to come to the footy club um, that he was a president of, and it was the same footy club that my grandpa played at and coached, and my dad, and you know, lots of family connections. Um, oh yeah, cool, no worries. So I came out there and um, and really just loved it. Like I was the first female trainer at the club. I was very young, you know, sixteen. So I was in year eleven, I think it was at school. Yeah. Um, and it was just really great. Like I remember that the first night I watched, walked into the trainer's room, um, the old trainer there, um, Rowdy, um, he, um, oh, it was so funny. So there's, okay, so there's no massage involved in, in the level one, right? So yeah. there's no massage, there's a bit of taping, some general first aid stuff, but Rowdy had been there for years and years and years, this old dude, and there's a dude on the table and he's like, oh, oh you've done your qualification, come over here, like my level one, come over here. And gets me to feel this hamstring. He's like, oh, this is really bad, isn't it? It's like, what do you reckon, Hole? And so I put my, I've never massaged before, um, put my hands on this guy. And I remember watching footy and I remember thinking, okay, because Raddy's like, what do you reckon, Hole? Like, is he out for long? Like, what's going to happen? Like, just when you first put the hands on this dude. And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, I've got no idea what I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm looking for. I've got no idea about any of this. But I remember watching on um, footy on the TV and, um, they would say hamstring for something like four to six weeks. So like my hands are on the thinking, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like four to six weeks for sure. <laughs> Having no idea about any of it. But it was just fun, you know. The guys were great. So that's kind of I guess where I started getting an interest in in the field and um, went on from there. So I started getting to know the local physios um, through the footy club. Um, so you know through school. So I've got lots of opportunities through school. Um, like I finished year 12 and stuff, but um, you know they had like the President's 11 cricket, you know, thing came to Lincoln, so I was involved in um, as a sports trainer for that. So a lot of sports-related stuff that kind of naturally sort of fell into, um, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was great, great being involved in seeing so many different injuries and conditions and. You know, and it's, it's game stuff. So, like, on one game we had one of our guys go down with a dislocated knee and the same game we had one guy go down with a dislocated elbow on the other team and, you know, we're 45 minutes from anywhere from an ambulance. So, you know, you have to kind of manage stuff. So it was just really interesting. So, um, yeah, so after I'd finished school, the local physio who I was liaising with at the footy club, um, we'd had a really good relationship. And so um, I ended up doing a traineeship um, and spent the next, sort of 18 months or so getting my diploma in moodle massage yeah. um, and that was really cool so I got to work as a physio assistant and reception at the same time as I was doing my calls and then doing a bit of massage with her and um, and that was really cool so that's so she this particular physio over there she framed me as a practitioner but also in, she ran her practice there so she without realising it back then, she was kind of framing me as a, um, you know, a future business owner, I suppose, and yeah. how she set my standards for how I wanted to be, how I wanted to, um, um, you know, deal with staff, deal with, you know, so customer service. She had very, very high standards. She was very firm but fair, and I really respected and really liked that. And she gave me a chance at um, trying things out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I find it really interesting now with because um, I work with physios now as well. Um, I find it so interesting now with this whole you know physio versus massage. Like I just because I've been brought up with that, literally brought up with that. It's it's such a natural thing and such a great combination. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how that was framed. And from there came to Adelaide, um, worked with a big physio clinic here. Yeah. Um, and yes, I've always 
I've done a little bit of extra work to try and get extra work, you know, whether it's working in pharmacies as an assistant there to selling cars for a while to receptioning to uh, selling jewellery, you know, like you name it, just yeah. anything to kind of pad out the hours around massage whilst getting enough hours there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it's all come from, I suppose. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really um, fascinating to me that so many of the people that I connect with the most um, when it comes to massage are the people who are like me. Mm. So I have a really similar story. Like I was, you know, I was 16 when I first started and I did a Swedish massage qualification and I massaged all my mum and dad's friends and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so it's really interesting to me because until, until right now, I didn't know that story. So I didn't know that you had started at the same, kind of the same age as I was. Mm. And to me, I always felt, I feel really um, kind of weirdly alone at times because I'm like, mm. um, I'm the only, like, I'm, I'm only 35 and, and I've been doing this for like, you know, my whole life and it's all I ever wanted to do. And, yeah. and, and so it's really, it's amazing to me to meet someone else who has had a really similar experience. And I, I really, I really resonate very, very deeply with that, that you just, you kind of got it and you loved it. And someone just went, yeah, you can do it. Like, what does that feel like? And you yeah. go, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. No. That's, that's what really am I feeling? What does muscle feel like? Yeah, Is like, it bone? I don't know. Yeah, it feels a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, so where, so tell me about your business that you currently have, because um, I know that's called Bodyline Health. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell Bodyline me. Health. Um, so Bodyline Health has been an interesting um, evolution, really. Mm -hmm. um, so originally, it started my first. So I started out um, as um, contracting for the physio company I was actually employed by originally. So. Um, I was looking to have my own practice and I started my own practice as far from home as I possibly could in the Barossa Valley. So I just thought, yeah, why not? I live in Adelaide, the clinic in the Barossa, let's do that. Great idea. Um, so I started up doing like one day a month up in the Barossa over the weekend. Of wine. Yes, I've learned actually, interestingly enough, that's where I learned about wine. Um, and I never drank wine before because I think it was, I was 21 when I started my practice up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hated wine. Um, and then people just bring bottles of wine. I think it was, I think I thought it more of a challenge, like this, this person to learn to drink wine. How can she be here and not drink wine? So I ended up with this massive stock of wine that I didn't touch because it was, I just didn't like wine. And eventually I learned to drink it and now I have no wine left. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wine left, and I need more. Yeah, like, I need some more dusty oh, wine, please. Anyone? Anyone? Right. You're getting rid of any? That'd be great. That's fine. Bring it in. Um, yeah, so that was, yeah, so it started off um, working with the physios and, um, and had my own practice. But uh, I was also doing quite a bit of work at that time with the, the physio practice I was working with. Um, one of the physios there was also involved in the Redbacks, which is the SFA cricket team. Yeah. Um, so the name Bodyline actually came because I was doing some work with the Redbacks back then a little bit as well. And so the name Bodyline is actually a cricket term. So that's where the name actually came from. Ah. Um, it's actually quite a nasty, as it turns out, um, <laughs> it was quite a, a nasty form of um, style of play. Uh, which, you know, when someone mentioned that to me, I'm like, oh, that's not really what I meant to be like that. But um, so that's where the name came from, so body line being a cricket term and then health because I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay always with just massage or whether I wanted to expand to other services down the track. I just didn't know what they might be. So I thought, okay, well, let's do body line health. 
Um, and then, um, so yeah, working with the physios, I was working at about probably five different practices and just contracting to their different locations. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Bodyline came from the, um, the work I was doing with the, the cricketers, so back with the, when I was doing some work with the Redbacks years and years ago, because um, Bodyline being a, a cricket term, and then health because um, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to stay just with massage um, or if I wanted to expand on the track a bit more, perhaps to offer other services, whatever that might be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's where that all came from. Um, and then, yeah, I was working at, you know, five different locations for the physio practice. It was, so it was one practice I was contracting to, but five different locations for them. So um, in the mornings, I would reception at an orthopaedic clinic. Um, yeah. And in the afternoons, I could be at one at one of five different locations. Um, and, yeah, it'd be lunch in the car in the, between the two <laughs> practices. And because, you know, those who know Adelaide, you know, one practice would be in um, Hallett Cove. So I'd be going from the city to Hallett Cove, which is about about a 45-minute drive. Um, you know, so it was, it was full on back in those days. And then the practice starting at, um, in the Barossa as well, that was one Saturday a month, um, which gradually built over time to, um, you know, a weekend a month to a weekend a fortnight to, you know, weekly to a couple of days a week and, you know, that's a six-day practice now. So mm. um, so none of it was actually intended. That wasn't meant to be the, the goal. I wasn't quite sure. And I, I don't really know if many practitioners really take the time initially to think about where it is they want to go, whether they kind of, you know, you know perhaps like you and I kind of just fall into... Yeah. You know, just doing what you love and then things kind of naturally evolve and I'm not sure about you but I feel like looking back now if I decided if I was more clear about what I wanted to do and like a lot of times you can't be clear because you don't really know so you have to kind of get started to get to know what you enjoy and what you're liking and where you fit but I feel like now um, you you end up you end up in the direction that you're going, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, if you, um, you know, if you're really clear about where you want to go, you'll do all those things it takes to get there. So, like, for example, um, I never wanted to do relaxation-based massage. That there was a, there was actually a clinic I first worked at before with the physio. Um, she took me on um, pretty much as slave labour, really, oh. um, while I was qualifying. <laughs> Surprise! Excellent. Um, and um, so I worked for six months there, and it was the most boring thing I remember my first week at the end of my first week and this is in Lincoln so I was walking home I remember thinking is this what I'm going to be doing for the next sort of traineeship the next 12 months of my life yeah um, and just hating myself um hating it just mm. so hating it at six dollars fifty an hour and hating it <laughs> I'd like so everyone just to have a brief moment where they listen to the word six dollars fifty an hour and was that for every hour you were working or just for hands-on hours? No, this was a traineeship. So oh, it okay. was yep, I was yep. earning um, $250 a week wow. um, time. Yeah. Wow. That's yep. awful. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. So, yep. Um, so dear all those new therapists who were getting... Who were getting... wanting that an hour. Yes. <laughs> um, heads up. Go for it. Try it. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was a very interesting learning experience. Um, yeah. So I, that, so back to the clarity sort of thing. Um, I decided that's not where I want to go. Like I don't want to do 
um, relaxation, working with the physios, I got the experience doing a lot more sport and remedial. So when I started my own practice with Barossa, it was my first experience of my own practice where I could create whatever I wanted to create and how I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I remember knocking back bookings. Um, so it cost me money in the end to do it, but ultimately, um, if it's all looking for relaxation or more of a Swedish style of massage, which is what I'd learned I'd hated, yeah. um, I would tell them to go somewhere else. Um, That's really it. amazing. So, That's a really strong so position to have. I know it was a tough, yeah, it's a tough call because you sometimes you got to take what you can take. Yeah. Um, um, that ended up positioning me. And at the time in the Barossa, there weren't many remedial practitioners around anyway. Yeah. So that helped position me as a remedial practitioner who, you know, I get referrals from the doctors, from physios that kind of established me as uh, I had a remedial reputation. So that really helped. Yeah. Um, so you really set that intention yeah. and stuck to it and yep. it didn't take the quick no. the quick no. money. No. Yeah. It hurt in some ways, but then I think I cannot go back to Enya and anything oh. like <laughs> Apparently she lives in the woods now in Ireland. Please stay there. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that has scarred me. Oh, oh I do. I do remember. I used to do uh, massage parties, so I'd go to someone's oh, house yeah. and I'd do like thirty minutes on every month. And I went and I did this expat party once where it was a bunch of women from Ireland. Yep. Yep. And they were all drunk on whiskey and like I. Again, this is not this is not a story anyone should look up to, but all had had a few whiskies and they were all getting their little massages and it was 30 minutes, it was fine, everybody was cool. <laughs> and they only had one relaxation CD, which was Paint oh, the no. Sky with Stars. And I, oh. by the end of it, after oh. like 11 half hours, <laughs> you I... Wanted that CD. I was ready to stab out my ears. Like, I was like, no <laughs> more. Could, Where's I, the nearest fork? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> and ever since then, if anyone has ever said to me, like, oh, can we just put on some Enya? And I'm like, no. do they really? Some some people have asked. Like, I've said to people, like, oh, what do you feel like listening to? Oh, maybe some Enya. And I'm like, mm, no, thanks. How about? No. Chill out sessions. How about the Ministry of Sound? How about something Some, that's anything, not even not like Diva Pramel? Yeah, take it, take it. I'll take it. I was like, oh, I've got something similar, but not, not, no, but no. <sighs> so, so it sounds like you've been you've been in this business for a really long time because, mm. well, I mean, you don't look like you've been in this business for a really long time. It's amazing night cream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so you've now built up to the point where, and and I'm going to guess here that you're in the Barossa full time. Is that, am I right? No. Yes. Where's no. where's your full time practice no. now? Okay, so I've got two practices. I yes. have one on Unley Road in the city. Yes. Um, and I have one in Tanunda in the Barossa Valley. Excellent. So yeah, so, so you've got like a you've got like a city home and a holiday home basically. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, actually, the Barossa is always interesting. It's actually even it's a it's a busy clinic there, but it's it's always very relaxing to go up to. It's yeah. everyone's like it's only you know from home it takes me less than an hour to get there. Yeah. Um, in peak hour it can take me that long to get to Unley anyway. So whatever, same same. Um, 
but it's just it's a relaxing drive. There's no traffic. The people there are just everyone's just really relaxed. Like it's just a country. Isn't it so close to the city? It's very. It's just chilled. It's so yeah. chilled. Everyone's really relaxed. You know everyone's families. You know what they did on the weekend. You know, you know, like you know all the local shop owners, the local cafe. Like you just, you just. It's, it works against you as well sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but it's really nice. Yeah. It's a good community yeah. kind of feel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So um so that and it's been very interesting with the comparison of the the city practice because we were actually in the CBD itself up until uh, when did we move July? July. Yes, yeah. we were in South Paris in the city at a sport medicine clinic. Um and the building got sold and stuff so we were looking for premises so we moved in with um these guys at Unley. We've known for quite some time, um, and it's fabulous, really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so, but it was interesting comparing between a regional practice and a city practice. Yeah, very, very different. Very different ways of approaching things. Very different um, vibe about it. Different things you need to do, like from your marketing perspective, from how you manage things, expectations, um, competition as well. Mm. Like you name it, it they were. So they were chalk and cheese. Yeah. Um, very, very different. Mm. Interesting. Very different. So currently, um, are you do you subcontract uh, massage therapists, or are you employing people, or like had so how many how many people do you have currently working at your two clinics? So um, at the moment now, interestingly, we've um, I've scaled back a lot this okay. last. This, this year has been a big year with realising how much work is worth it. Um, and now that I've got my little boy who's just turned two today. Um, um, and um, uh, my husband works in Queensland, so I'm in SA and he works in Queensland. So um, this year has been a big year for weighing up um, balance and lifestyle and going what's worth it and what's not worth it. Yeah. And so it's been a it's been a really tough year because my business has been my baby. Um, uh, you know, like two thousand and four, I started. So only you know I was twenty one. So we're you know I'm thirty three now. So you know we're looking at you know, a good twelve years or so of having my own business. And, yeah. Um, and I've been very proud of it. Um, so the decision to go, I need to start making some changes here, um, because. The time and the effort that goes into running a business in general, um, and I feel like particularly this kind of business because I just feel like a health-based business um, requires so much energy, um, like emotionally. I feel like as well, not just um, uh, like the amount of effort and work required, but you know, you're dealing with people's health and their well-being and um, you know, if someone's in pain or they're not comfortable or something's happened, yeah. it's you know, you're not they're not just coming to buy a thing or a trinket or something. They they're coming to you because they need your help and yeah. um it's a very difficult thing to step away from that. Yeah. Um there's that, that almost that um obligation. Like mm. it's it's that like I'm here to help like I'm here to help people and, and yeah. if I if suddenly I go yeah. What happens to yeah. them? And 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 I think a lot of massage therapists struggle with that in their own yeah. businesses if they need to scale back or if they want to move or and I mean I know myself like I haven't moved from Brisbane 
because this is where I've set up my business. And I go, yeah. I've been here for, you know, a million years and, and what happens if I move and wh- where do those people go? And I'm like, I'm not that yeah. arrogant to think they wouldn't find someone else. But No, no, but, but it's, I mean, how many times do you hear this as well? Like how many times do you hear, oh, I found a really good massage therapist or a really good hairdresser and then I went and had babies? Or mm. and then they moved, or then they did this, or and then like, there are people that are so put out yeah. by it, and you think, oh my gosh, like they haven't said that to you, but they said that about somebody else, so you naturally feel like, oh my gosh, well I can't let them down because then I'm going to be that person that they're talking about, and I don't want to do that. To I don't them. want to be that person. I know. Don't make me that next stat. I don't want to do that. Um, mm. So there's this real, um, there's this real guilt factor. Um, yeah. That you kind of hold on to, and um, and I mean, like you say, like it's, it's I don't think it, it's from a place of arrogance or ego or anything. It's just that you know you're, you you've got you've got a very specific set of skills, yeah, um, and and a need and, and want to actually help people. Um, and I don't think that not everybody has that, and not everybody wants to do that, and that's totally cool. Um, but I feel like if you do naturally have that um, um, that direction and that, that, that way of, of operating, um, then you know, it's, it's very difficult to make very big changes. Um, yeah. yeah, it becomes really challenging for people to mm-hmm. kind of um, balance, find that balance. And so that's yeah. been what this year has been about for you, finding, yeah. like looking for the balance and, and trying yep. to find a new way to kind of, me- like to kind of get that, yep. that yep. kind of... Yeah, feeling like you can devote some time to family and because, have, I mean, I know I have a five-year-old, so mm. I can I can totally relate to that, having a two-year-old and you're like, they, they're, they're very, they, they don't do a lot, but they're very time intensive. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Like, work is, it honestly, is a break. <laughs> I love, I love him. I love him. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's amazing how you can sit down and have <laughs> um, a, a full coffee or a tea or something mm. without being interrupted and finishing it and it's still semi-warm. Yes, it's delightful. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It's really cool. So, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, um, downscaling mm. and, and yeah. so how many, how many staff? So, I just have one employee now. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, I had, at the beginning of this year, I had, uh, I had four um, massage practitioners working for me, plus um, a part-time, um, about 25 hours a week, um, administration assistant. Yeah. And now it's just me and um, one casual practitioner um, operating now. Wow. Uh, and as much as I was really worried about that all happening, um, it feels so much easier now. Mm. Um, I've just it's just so much more simplified and um, and like to be, oh, to be perfectly honest, like the, the model, despite the fact that, okay, yes, while the practitioners are earning technically or earning as well, but when they're not, you're not, um, and you're still paying them mm-hmm. um, well, but the, the weight that it's taken off my shoulders to not have the worry about, you know, is someone going to call in sick? Um, am I going to end up with a bunch of people not turning up and then having to pay my staff? Am I going to pay my bills? Um, I don't have to worry about that yeah. so much more. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've I've now got a bit more work to do in terms of admin and stuff. But um, 
it doesn't feel like the burden that it was. Yeah, when you've not got other mouths like to feed, essentially that becomes a, a lot less stress. And yeah. and it's it's interesting because it sounds like you scaled right up and then you've gone, Oh wait, no, this isn't this isn't right right now. I need to scale back down. So yeah. was that and that that's that's a challenging thing to do, particularly if you've got two so I so you've got two studios and and yep. and so is only is the casual practitioner working across both studios or are you are you what you obviously you're working across both studios yep so i work across both so i do two days at my only practice and i'm yep. only doing two days so the only practice um was the south terrace one um and we were there five days or six days i think six days we were operating six days a week at um the south terrace one um and then uh when we moved to Unley, I was doing, I think, three days. Yeah. Or four days. So I'd like scale back, like to move across there, scale back anyway. Um, and partly that decision was also um, because the, the rooms we were moving to, um, the physios there only had certain space available um, as well. So I had to make the decision of, okay, well, do we want to go there? Do we want to go somewhere else? And, you know, is it really worth bringing somebody across if I'm really not looking to build? I'm looking at trying to leverage now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and so I just made the call and went, no, nah, I'm just going to do it on my own and just do it myself and that's it for the time being and just just take that time to figure out where I was at and what I wanted to do and how. Yeah. Um, and then the other practitioner works at um, the Barossa Clinic and then I do one day up there. Uh, well, a, a one day hands on and one day admin up there. Yeah. Um, and then she does she does five days. Oh wow, um, cool. So um, yeah. So depending on bookings and stuff like we, this week interestingly we had the fires go through the Barossa just the last couple. Oh, um, uh, when was it? Two, September two weeks ago. Um, there were some really nasty fires that went through. Um, mm. and um, and interesting that that the clinic's taken quite a hit. Um, with everyone kind of coming down from that. So yeah. this week, first time in ages, we've actually closed two days this week um, wow. because we haven't had the booking, um, which is, you know, that's still part and parcel of our clinic that's been around for 12 years and, you know, you can still have these things impact. Um, Abs- well, absolutely. And, I mean, there's, like, I, I, I can only liken it to when the floods went through Fairfield like my yeah. clinic was in Fairfield and it went Oh really? Yeah, so um we we weren't affected flood wise, but 80% of our business went underwater or were affected by the floods. So we had no power in Fairfield for like 5 days, I think. Um and yeah, the the closest local shopping center uh didn't reopen until from so we were cl- like the closest local shopping center was closed from January until the end of May. So we basically yeah we were we were sort of high and dry in the middle of Fairfield. So I can I can totally relate yeah. to how the ebbs and flows of natural disasters yeah. <laughs> business. That's neat. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. So, so tell me. So how long did it take for that to then turn around? Uh, for me, it never actually really turned around. So what ended up happening in my, well, my part of my story was my mum contracted, well, my mum was diagnosed with stage four bone cancer oh um, in the same year. And I had a baby who was five months old and I quit life. 
I just was like, oh, I'm shutting my business to go take care of my mum. So I shut my business completely. Um, by the time we shut down officially on June 30 of 2011 uh, and we closed the premises that we had um, and I scaled right back from having sort of, I think we had at that stage four staff um, and so we just we were just really upfront with them and honest and just said, look, we can't afford to keep paying you because there's no people coming in and there's nobody in Fairfield. Like the houses are empty, they're being renovated and yeah, we we don't, like I, I still know businesses that are trying to recover from from the floods. So it's, um yeah, we never, we never really recovered from it. But in the same sense, my life changed quite dramatically in that, in that sort of time. So it was a really, um, yeah, it was, I, I can really relate to that feeling of like, a natural disaster just kind of running through and, and ruining kind of everything. So, yeah. Mm. It's interesting, though, that you've you've now – you've got two premises and, and so you, you're busy, like pretty busy practices, like everything's – like with the exception of fires. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the exception of that, yeah. Yeah. Generally, yeah. generally pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, I mean, there's, uh, we've <laughs> – interestingly – um, we have taken another hit this year in our Barossa clinic because um, you know the you, you hear the the story of um, um, you know staff members that you know, like it's always the threat you know a staff member could you know at some point leave and then open up across the road from you well yeah. we had exactly that happen oh um, yeah so that was that was really disappointing to be honest yeah um, and um, this particular practitioner. Um, with me for a couple of years, I, I think one of our senior practitioners, you know, we had always got along very, very well. Um, you know, no issues there, and and like when it when it comes down to it, like it, I understand. Like I did speak to her afterwards after I'd found out what was going on, and um, we did have a conversation in many heated words, but then we calmed down. Um, and like I, I, if I was in her position with everything, understanding where she's at and, and what she had to do, I would have made the same decision as she had. Like, I, I, I get that. What was really disappointing, this is what was really hurtful quite personally as well, is that I'd found out from the local paper that she was practising there and not from her herself. So rather than her, like, ringing me and saying, hey, look, just giving you a heads up, um, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, happens to be in a practice. So it is literally across the road from Ooh. my practice. Um, and it's in with a, um, a chiropractor who um, was, up until this particular point, a key referral partner of ours, so both back and forth, um, who is no longer a key referral partner of no. mine. no. And who, when this practitioner had come to the valley, um, we, we had been established well before they had been, and I'd spent a significant amount of time assisting with networking and referring and building up and assisting in that way. So neither the you know that particular practice owner nor the practitioner had bothered to take the time to call me or to say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, just wanted to just add a courtesy, let you know. Um, you know, it's probably going to suck from your end, but this is what's happening. Um, but no, I found that from the paper. Um, so that being in a regional area as well, um, and because this practitioner has been with me for quite some time, 
then we had all the rumours, then we had, you know, you know, I was going to close my practice because I couldn't cope and, you know, like you name it, I was getting all this, these nasty rumours, which I kind of felt like, well, you know, at least they're talking about you and that's going to be a good thing. <laughs> Any press is good press. So that 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 was really disappointing and really hard. Um, so I, uh, it's so hard to say too much because she, she this particular practitioner was only in she did two days a week, but she was very very busy. She was always booked out for those two days. Yeah. Whereas our practitioner who's busy with me now, um, she was doing four or five days then anyway. Um, but um, so we like generally we are quite busy. Mm. Um, should on average be staying above the 82 to 85 percent um, um, occupancy for the valuable box, um, but nice. lately, yeah, that's so that's good. So I, I would consider that good. Yeah. Um, if I was looking at practices and if I can see, you know, um, occupancy at that rate, I'll be like, that's a good practice. That's that's going that's going well. Um, and you can always tweak things and make things better and improve and stuff. But um, yeah, lately we are well well below that. At that um, and have noticed the last couple of weeks and you know, timing works out fires and, and usually like I always used to think that December, you know, with Christmas and stuff things would be pretty hectic and um, but our patterns every year have shown that despite how much I worry about December, um, we're always busy. So, so this is unusual for this time of year for us yeah. to not be busy that Whereas Unli is, and I'm only there two days a week, so you know, you condense your days, you're always going to be busier anyway. Yeah. If I was to do six days, I might find I'm a bit patchy, but because I do two days a week there, like it's, it's, it's solid. Like if I get a gap, then I get a break in the coffee. Yay. Um, yeah. So. Fantastic. That's cool. So do you have any um, massage heroes? Like, do you have anyone well, who you really look up to? Like, so. <laughs> Thank you. Because um, I know, I know, like I've been watching, I don't know if you're, like again, because you're not on Facebook all the time, but I've, I know Eric Dalton has just con- completed his Costa Rica uh, six-day workshop that he does over there every year. And oh. it was my it was my goal to get there this year to go. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, we chose to pay off some credit card debt as opposed to <laughs> let me go. And I was like, no. So I just I want to know who who else who are your massage heroes like who who do you think if I get to train with this person I'm I can I can quit and be happy because I've 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 done it is there anyone out there Oh, there's there's no one practitioner I could say that okay once I've done that that's it like I think I know that's a bit ambitious yeah um, and like, and this is the thing: like the more conferences you go to, and the more um, you know training that you do, and the more you learn, the more you realise you know nothing about anything, um, and it becomes this like horrible cycle of depression and just going, I suck. You get conference um, come down. I call it I conference come down. You learn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything. I feel completely inadequate. <laughs> um, and that just gets worse every year. Um, so, um, but I guess uh, probably from the conferences, I've probably got my main influences, I suppose, from the conferences that I've been to. Um, uh, so Susan Chappelle is one that really sticks in my mind um, as a presenter in the Adelaide conference back a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found, I did a workshop with her afterwards and I feel like spending time with her. So she's, I found her story interesting too because she's, 
um, she's a neuroscientist and a remedial massage therapist um, who also worked in theatre. Like, go figure. So she. she's Did a you know that she's actually also a counsellor in her hometown in Squamish? Is she really? Yeah. Yeah. No, is that the because um, she was doing she does a lot of work with um, uh, like um, women with who've had breast cancer. So she does no, she does a lot of not a not a counsellor as in I'm counselling you on your problems. A counsellor is in I'm on the council and I oh, am like the mayor. Of course she is. Of she's course not, she is. She's not the mayor, but she's <laughs> she's on that that that's what I mean. Like and I found that really fascinating because like you said, neuroscientist, massage therapist, business owner. Local local counselor. She does everything. Like just what doesn't what doesn't she do? I don't know. Like she just yeah, she'll be mayor next year probably. So or she'll be like governor or something, or she'll be president or something. I don't know. She'll be doing. She's not going to be president of Canada. The president of Canada (laughs) is way too hot for her to be president of Canada. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. Go Canada. (laughs) Hi to all our Canadian listeners. the girl, not <laughs> so. So Susan Chappelle. So you, you've heard her yes. speak, um, and you've attended yes. one of her workshops. Um, yes. What What did you get out of that? Like, what was your key takeaway from 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 Susan? Um, to deepen your understanding of your anatomy um, and physiology a lot more, um, yep. because it's to help link everything else together much more clearly. Um, and um, she's just got a real no mess, no fuss attitude with stuff. Like she's very black and white. She's firm, but she's fair. Um, and um, she's she's just incredibly knowledgeable. So that you know, if you ever want to feel really inadequate, go and you know do a session with her or another of these presenters because they're amazing. Um, but yeah, just, she really inspired that, um, that. Oh, and the inflammation. I found that really interesting about how inflammation affects the body and the responses and the reactions and that kind of thing as well and then how that can be translated into the work that we do as well and um, you know inflammation is totally fine um, you know as, as long as you kind of mobilize, mobilize the area afterwards um, so that's kind of helped frame my attitude towards that I do stretch classes as well so I'm a stretch teacher I did study with um, Kit Lockland a couple of years ago in Sydney yeah um, and using I guess what I'd learned from Susan um, about like, inflammation and how that process works and then combine that with the work with kit with stretch as well that there's people have a lot of fear in their bodies um, but also apprehension that kind of thing with, with pain or injury and that kind of thing and and um, yeah Susan just she managed to put it in such a, um, a wonderfully um, clear but reasonable way that um, you know like pain's actually okay you know yeah. like it's nothing to be really scared of it's there to, to warn you but it's actually okay and I feel like there's a massive big disconnect um, I'm finding through you know whatever you know practice I'm t- uh, you know training uh, training it um, treating it um, this disconnect of like pain is bad and pain you know if something really hurt you should stop doing it and um, I don't feel that's actually the case and it's like the evidence backs that up anymore either in terms yeah. of you know like, the surgeries they're trying to get you up as quickly as possible to try and mobilize you get you moving that kind of thing so you know movement is key movement is super important movement is life um, and I feel like that message is clear to us but not clear enough in the general um, um, public yeah, so I think yeah. Is really important. so yeah so she I guess she's in, she sort of framed my a new way of me thinking about um, pain 
really. So I, I found her really interesting. Um, so yeah, I think she's she's awesome. I'd love to go and spend you know a week, a month, a year, a lifetime working with her. I think she'd be great. <laughs> it's um it's really interesting because um I like in my own practice I've kind of come full circle. Like I've gone through a lot of the the James Wislowski stuff, um, mm. which is very much pain free and and looking at um you know stopped you don't want it to hurt too much and. And you want it to be very much like a very passive kind of reactions and all these kinds of things. And I love his work too. Like he's actually really clever as well. So yeah, yeah. he really, yeah, yeah. And so, but then I've I've started reframing, looking at um, some more mobility work, and so yeah. looking at the work of guys like um, Kelly Starrett, uh, who's a, a CrossFitter, which okay. is a bit of a dirty word, but um, CrossFit's a dirty word. But he he's a he owns a CrossFit gym in San Francisco and. He does a lot of mobility stuff and he works with um, like trigger point therapy balls and, and like mobilizing and doing a lot of self-care work. And so yeah, I've cool. kind of looked at his stuff and looked at stuff and like there has to be that happy medium between if it's glued up and stuck, then it's going to maybe hurt a little bit to get it unstuck. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's going to have to hurt 24-7. So, yeah. And I think there's that, you're right, there's that education process that has to occur from a, a practitioner to a client point of view where you need to understand this might hurt a little bit and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's not going to be uncomfortable forever. And yep. we're going to work together to make this to make this feel better. Yep. And I didn't actually – I was at that conference with Susan Chappelle and I missed Susan's I, – I had to facilitate another workshop. So I missed <sighs> Susan's workshop. And um, interestingly, I know who did facilitate Susan's workshop and um, she was very, there was a, a, she was a very controversial speaker. Um, oh, she was. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Um, and I, right. well, I love that she created controversy, I yeah. think. And, and it's, it's great because what it did was create conversation. So yep. controversy, controversy generally creates conversation with people. People start to talk about, and you start to take a stance on yep. how you feel about something and you, you start to solidify whether you're one way or the other. And sometimes I think in massage, it's okay to be one. It's okay to be like, no, I don't agree um, because yeah, everyone yeah. has their place. Um, yep. So anyone else, any other like big stars who you'd like to do some training with? Um, uh, well, I mean, James Wozlowski, I'd love to do some work with him. I think he'd be, um, I think he'd just be, <laughs> I've done a couple of his workshops now at various conferences and I feel like every time I go, I could do the same thing again and I would learn something, a new perspective or a new way of doing it or a new understanding of yeah. that. And I think because I work a lot in sport um, and in um, in the remedial side, um, from a from a technician perspective, um, I feel like he's a really great body worker. Uh, he, um, he can... The way he handles um, the body and how he kind of moves things around and stuff, I could I could learn a lot uh, more from um, uh, from working with someone like him. So um, yeah, yeah, I think he's yeah he'd be a really interesting one. And like I know he's got his big workshops coming up next year, and I would love to do those, but I don't think it's impossible for next year. You're not going to get over to Bali? <sighs> no, that'd be so good, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be so good. So it's because it, he's doing the the complicated. Uh, Lower body, I think it's lower body conditions, and it'll be a four day, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Because yeah. he was doing a, 
there was a five was there a five day intensive of was it covering everything? Yeah, five his five day intensive I believe covers pretty much everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 He's doing I think a three day three days in Bali. So that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it just just, I just to kind of go there and like yeah, put the kids in the kids' club for a couple of days <laughs> and just go, okay, mum just needs this time to learn how to do other things, <laughs> have adult conversations. Yeah, <laughs> do all the stuff and like learn how to how to poke people better. It's awesome. <laughs> exactly. So, so Susan, those, those two are like the standouts for sure. The standouts, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I have to admit, like Susan, um, just the brief conversations that I've had, that I got to have with her. Like, again, I was really lucky because being on the board and being able to go to the conferences and having dinner and stuff with Susan and James and, like, all these people, um, I, I can totally echo that, yeah, Susan would definitely be one of those ones I'd, I'd like to... I'd like to get more quiet one-on-one time with her. Mm. She's a very... She's a big very busy person and so she's mm. very like direct and I, I would love to be able to spend more time with her so yeah sure. fantastic so so I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up because I'm just really I want to be really mindful of timing um and it's quite late and I'm having a great conversation I love yeah, no. thank you so <laughs> yeah, you much um, so let's finish up with one one final question, um, and because this, so this, I'll I'll premise this with saying this is my first um, interview with a massage therapist for the podcast. Oh, wow. Cool. So uh, we we're yay, you're, you're number one, your massage hero interview number one, and this is one of the questions. Um, so this it's a, it's kind of two parts. Um, I want to get your words of wisdom for massage therapists out there. So people, what's the best advice? that you ever received as a massage therapist? What's the one single piece of advice that if you could tell every massage therapist in the world this one thing, what what do you think it would be? Oh, that's a lot of pressure, Christy. It is. I even, I even pre-sent you the question. Oh. But I bet you didn't look. <laughs> maybe, maybe our skin read that bit. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um... Think beyond massage, which would be, um, which sounds a little bit kind of cryptic, um, but as a massage practitioner, like when you go into it, I'm not sure if we were recording when we talked about this earlier, but when you first go into massage, you're so excited and you're so keen to learn and you're trying to get as many bums on seat as you can and you're just, you're just doing the do, like you're just doing what you have to do to kind of get your, your experience up get yourself recognised, get people to talk about you, you know, you're just so busy doing everything you have to do. Um, what we don't tend to hear a lot about or are encouraged to do is to think about what happens if you, like what happens after massage, like what happens if you injure yourself, what happens if you reach your cap of 25, 30 massages a week um, and it's not enough for you to have the um, lifestyle or outcome that you want. Yeah. Um, what happens if you want to have a family, and particularly, I say this to females, particularly because we're more likely to be in this boat. Um, when I started my practice, um, I wanted to make sure that I wanted to have a family, I wanted to spend time with my family, um, and the direction I wanted to go with the practice was such that it would give me the choice to either continue working as I was or not. Um, now, I certainly haven't achieved exactly what I was after with that, but I feel like I'm on the way now 
um, to doing that. Um, so yeah, it would it would be to think beyond your hands-on, think beyond massage, think about how you can leverage your skills and your knowledge, even if it's you know first five years, eight years, ten years, practitioner, get your skills up, get your expertise, get your name known, like have a bit of a plan for that. So go right, this is what I'm going to do. Um, put my 